news, information, and talk for the Fox Valley. The big one, AM 1280 WBIG, Aurora, Naperville. God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. Jesus Christ, He is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ, He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. He is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people, and he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead, and he is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you, it knows no bounds. We have a very exciting program today. We'll hear some wonderful music, read some of the Bible together regarding our identification in Christ and the freedom that we have in Christ. And then in the second half hour, we'll commemorate our freedom in the signing of the Declaration of Independence, July 4, 1776. Let's start off with this song by Chris Tomlin, Amazing Grace. Promise good to me. 
This Independence Day weekend, let's take a look at the freedom that we have received in Christ. We'll begin in the Gospel of John, if you have your Bible handy, chapter 8, uh, verse 28. Then Jesus said unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, nothing of my own authority. But, as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. Verse 29, And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Jesus Christ was not on his own. His heavenly Father was with him. He only spoke and he did what his Father directed him to speak and do. Continuing in verse 30, As he, Jesus, spake these words, many believed on him. God knew the hearts of those listening to Jesus when he spoke. Some of those hearts were tender and hungry to know God and his love. Jesus' heavenly Father gave Jesus the exact right words to speak for the people listening. Verse 31, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, and that word continue is to dwell in, to abide, if you continue, or if you dwell, or if you abide in my word, then are you my disciples. A disciple, well, that's a disciplined one, a follower. Verse 32, Jesus Christ went on to say, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
In John chapter 17, Jesus Christ declared that God's word is truth. Well, verse 36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You know, we can never be free until we know the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who has made us free spiritually, which then issues in freedom in all the other realms of life. What's the greatest freedom that Christ makes available? Freedom from the bondage of sin. The sin nature and the fruit of that nature are bondage, and they hold people captive until they come to the freedom found in Christ. Today we'll find that true freedom in Christ in our acceptance of his substitution for us in his death and in our identification with him in his resurrection, ascension, and seating at God's right hand. Jesus Christ became one with us in death so that we might become one with him in life. Let's turn over to the book of Romans chapter 6 and we'll read here through uh, verses 1 through 11. Here, starting in verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin, that grace may abound? Well, if we go back to the previous chapter, 5, verses 20 and 21, it states there that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, and that sin reigned through death, and that grace would reign through righteousness. Some may teach that you really can't teach too much grace because then that will give people a license to sin. Well, I have to ask, what is too much grace? God gives his grace so that we might live and have eternal life. God's grace through Jesus Christ, well, it covers all sin, all the sin in the past, all the sin today, and any sin tomorrow. Only a fool would continue in sin so that grace might abound. The eternal life through Christ will not be lost, but the eternal rewards would be gone. Eternity is a long, long time. Think of the rewards available for those that continue in grace, and think of the rewards lost for those that continue in sin. Continuing in God's grace is where the believer, you and I, reign in this life. So, verse 1, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? That God forbid there in that verse 2, it's an expression of extreme horror. Don't even let it be thought of. Even the thought of continuing in sin that grace may abound is revolting. It's in our identification in Christ where we find our freedom and that we are dead to sin. Living in sin will always lead to death. Remember Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he, God, has made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us in place of us, who knew no sin. He did not know sin by experience. He was a perfect man. What was the purpose stated in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus Christ literally received what we deserved, death. And we received what he deserved and what he now has seated at God's right hand, life. Let's continue back in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized 
into his death. The baptism here in this verse is not talking about water baptism. It's the identification and the full immersion that we have into his death. We are immersed in Christ Jesus. We are fully identified with him in his death on the cross. In all that he accomplished when he proclaimed, It is finished. We died with him on the cross. Jesus Christ poured out his life all the way to death. In the sight of God, you and I, we were with Jesus on the cross that day. He is our substitute in taking the penalty for sin, death. Verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Continuing in our identification with Christ, we were buried with him, as it says in this verse. He was in the grave for three days and three nights. From God's perspective, we were with him. Then Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. You know, Jesus Christ, he is the only one who has ever been raised from the dead and is still alive today. He did not die a second time. You know, we can read in the Word of God where Lazarus was raised from the dead by Jesus. But, Lazarus is not still alive today. He then died. There is no other person, none in all the history of mankind, that died for you and then was raised from the dead by God. When Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, he had a new life. Even so, we are to live that new life. It's new in quality. It's a life free of sin, a life free of sickness, a life free of fear. It's a life of joy above the circumstances of life. It's a life of trust in your Heavenly Father. In John chapter 14, verse 12, this is the kind of life that it is, to do the same works as Jesus Christ did, and even greater works. That's the kind of life that's available. Let's continue back in Romans chapter 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. What was Jesus like in his resurrected body? It was a body that was free of sin and sickness. It was incorruptible. It was a body powered by Holy Spirit. It was unlimited in scope and ability. At his glorious return, we shall have the same. What a hope! Hold the word of truth in our hearts to the end that we live our life today in the light of his sure return. He's definitely coming back. Could be today. Might be next week. Might not be for another hundred years. But he will return. And at that moment, we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Let's continue on in verse 6 here of Romans. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. And that word destroyed could be translated made ineffective or paralyzed. The purpose being that henceforth we should not serve sin. The old nature handed down to all mankind since the fall of Adam and all that proceeds from it was crucified with Jesus Christ on the cross. Why would I or you ever want to live in sin again? 
Why would we ever want to live in fear when it was crucified with the Lord Jesus Christ? The old nature of living is now paralyzed. It's ineffective. It's paralyzed. It has no power over you and I. We should no longer serve or be obedient to that evil and corrupt nature. The only thing that the old nature ever gives is death. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that gives life. Who doesn't want life? Many complain about the life they live. Well, it can only be because they don't know the life that's available in Christ. Those that know and still complain, well, they need to put on the mind of Christ and walk in the newness of that life. I don't mean to be flippant there or, or nonchalant about it because I know sometimes the circumstances of life can be very challenging. But you know what? No matter how challenging that circumstance in life might be, God's love is still there. The accomplished work of Jesus Christ has still been accomplished. If we bring our heart to the Father, if we go to Him and pour our heart out before Him, He's the one that will comfort. He's the one that will deliver. He's the one that will give the strength. And we can rise up in our renewed mind by putting on the mind of Christ to walk, to live in the newness of life that Jesus Christ came to make available. Continuing in verse 7, For he that is dead is freed from sin. We are dead because we died with Christ. It's the old man that died with Christ. We are now free from the sin nature. Verse 8, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. Death has no more dominion over Christ Jesus, because he has been raised from the dead, and he is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. Literally, for those of us that are born again of God's Spirit, death no longer has dominion. We have the Spirit of Christ within and you might ask, well, what is it to be born again of God's Spirit? It has nothing to do with how good or how bad you are. It has nothing to do with whether you went to church last Sunday or for 182 Sundays in a row or you never went to church. It has everything to do with believing that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and then to confess Jesus as Lord in your life. That's what it is. It's that simple. It's no more complicated than that. We believe unto salvation by God's grace. What is it that will keep a man or a woman from walking in the newness of life that's made available in the new birth? Fear. Fear of what others may think. Fear of failing. Fear that God won't be there when you need him, that he won't be true to the promises in his word. Fear. That is the most foul and evil four-letter word that I know. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 2 because here in verse 14 and 15, there's a tremendous truth here of what Jesus Christ accomplished. Verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's you and I, all mankind, we're all partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. And the part that he took was of the flesh, not of the blood. He did not have the blood line handed down from Adam that through death he might destroy or paralyze or make ineffective him 
that had the power of death. That is, the devil. Who has the power of death? The devil. The life and death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection paralyzed. It made ineffective the devil who has the power of death. Verse 15, And delivered or set free them, you and me, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The fear of death, that is the root fear of all fears. Fear subjects people to bondage their entire life. Death has been defeated in Christ. He's been raised from the dead. Death has no more dominion or power over you because you have eternal life. You or I, well, we may die before the Lord returns, but when he does return, and he will one of these days, then those that are dead in Christ will be raised from the dead to live for all eternity. You know, it's sad but true. Over the centuries, the Christian church, for the most part, has lived so far below par because of fear. Today is the day to eliminate the fear and recognize who we are in Christ, live the life that God has given us. Verse 10, continuing in Romans. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lives, he lives unto God. Jesus Christ, he died unto sin once. He now lives unto God forever because God raised him from the dead. If we look back over at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. But this man, Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. What was that one sacrifice that he offered for sins forever? His life. After he offered his life, he sat down on the right hand of God. Verse 13, From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, his life, he has perfected or made to be complete forever them, you and I, that are sanctified or set apart. What a tremendous truth there. Jesus Christ gave his life one time, one sacrifice for sins forever to the end of completing those that believe on him so that we are set apart or sanctified for all eternity. Let's go back to Romans chapter 6 verse 11. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Likewise, since you died with him, since you were buried with him, raised with him, ascended with him, reckon and that word reckon means to logically conclude that you are permanently dead unto sin and permanently alive unto God. In our identification with our Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, we have great freedom in our life. Freedom from the bondage of sin and freedom from fear. No matter what circumstance we might find ourselves in, our freedom in Christ transcends any and all those situations. As we renew our minds to what our Heavenly Father has made us to be by putting on the mind of Christ, we will live and demonstrate true freedom. 
Jesus Christ's death, it was not in vain. He saw your value as he hung on the tree. He saw today the impact your life would have in this world as you stand boldly upon the truth of God's word. Today this world so desperately needs men and women to live with the love of God, with the word of God burning in their heart. To the end they cannot help but speak those things which they know to be true. God's word is truth. God really has made himself known to us today. It's time for you and I to take God at his word. Decide right now that today is a new day with you and your Heavenly Father. The past is past. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Today is the day to believe that you are who God's word says you are. Today is the day to live in the spiritual freedom within which you have been called to. We ought to obey God rather than men. The eternal rewards from God far outweigh the fleeting rewards of this world. Let God be glorified, and let it be said today with amazement by those that see your life. What power and authority has God given unto men? You, that it's you that 
ever seen A statue of liberty On a windy day Holding her torch High against the bright blue sky I've been thinking a lot About God and my country nowadays Give me your time, give me your corn What does it mean anymore? America the beautiful, where is your heart? Where is your heart? God's word, and we know it's the answer. Yes, we know the word of God was your start. Open up your heart, wake up, America. With God above, we've got another country. Wake up, America. Joyful Noise with Wake Up America. I had to dig into the archives for that one. I haven't heard that one in a long time, but so true. It's God's Word that has made any country or any people great. What I'd like to 
have us listen to next is the Declaration of Independence. I hadn't heard it in a long time, and this rendition is read by Max McLean. So let's listen to this. In Congress, July 4, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such forms as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers 
incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states. For that purpose, obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislators. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial, from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments. For suspending our own legislators and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince, whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant, is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attention to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our emigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity 
and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do, in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British Crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That is the Declaration of Independence written and signed over 200 years ago on July 4th, 1776. Let's listen here to America the Beautiful, sung by Ray Charles. Thank you. 
Church Arise and Fight the Good Fight, as we heard in those last two songs. And we do that by standing fast, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, standing fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. 
and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage or the law entangled again with trying to live up to God's approval by your good works. Behold, I, Paul, verse 2, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Jesus Christ paid the price fully and complete for all mankind for all time. Let's not let his life be to no profit. Let's let the grace of God abound in our lives that we might freely receive what he accomplished for us through his substitution on the cross for us in dying the death that he died. Let us stand fast in the liberty by identifying with the righteousness with which God has made us to be. We are righteous in Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. There is never to the believer, to the one who has confessed Jesus as Lord, believing God raised him from the dead, there is never, never any condemnation from God to that individual. That's a tremendous truth. The great accuser will continue to try to accuse God's people, to make his people to feel as if they're not good enough, they're not capable, that they're unworthy. That is not what God's Word says. God's Word says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. We need to walk in the freedom within which Christ has set us free. Today is the day and time within which God's people need to rise up to speak God's Word. And it's always been that. Today is my day. Today is your day. Because we're alive today. Well, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Let's read verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, and the only reason it was weak through the flesh is because no human being could keep all of the law perfectly, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. The purpose being, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21? Well, let me read it. Let me just flip there instead of just quoting it so that I've got it accurate. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he, God, has made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us or in place of us, who knew no sin. He had never sinned. He did not know sin by experience. What's the purpose? That you and I might be made the righteousness of God in him. God is the one who has made us righteous. We did not do it by our own works or our own ability. God is the one who did it. And we can't undo what God has done. Let's rejoice in the greatness of what he's done for us. And let's live in the freedom within which he's clothed us with that Holy Spirit so that we could be bold in this day and time, operating his power and his love, doing the same works that Jesus Christ did, and even greater works. It says that in John chapter 14, verse 12, that we are to do the same works as Jesus Christ did. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he comforted those that mourned. And 
not only the same works but greater works what could one of those greater works be to lead somebody to the new birth wasn't available till after the day of pentecost that's when it became available that day when someone could confess jesus as lord and believe that god raised him from the dead what an awesome wonderful calling we've been called to what an awesome wonderful life we have to live day by day i'd like to thank you for joining us today on the solution all the solution radio shows are archived you can Listen to them at thesolutionradioshow.com at your convenience. There's also links there to the websites of the various guests that we've had, the musicians that have played, and our sponsors. Also on the website, there is a page for upcoming events uh, currently listed. We have one event listed there. It's the link to the Young Believers uh, 20s and 30s only weekend in God's Word. That'll be in Naperville, Illinois, July 24th through the 26th. If you'd like your event listed, uh, send me the information, and, and I'll put it up there at info at the com. A reminder that the praise line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. I'd really like to hear from you. The number is 844-705-3410. Uh, 844-705-3410. We'll play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. Please keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. And we know through the replays, uh, through the Internet, that we have people listening all throughout the United States and, and all throughout the world. Uh, some of the newer countries added Brazil, South Africa, uh, Russia, Malaysia, and there's individuals in the Netherlands, England, France, Norway, all over the place. So that's really awesome. I do have two pamphlets available, You Are Righteous Now and The Solution. If you send me your mailing address, I'll send you one of those free of charge. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Post Office Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. I'd like to thank our sponsors, the Carter Group with offices in Chicago, Dallas, and Minneapolis, Mortgage Springs in Colorado Springs, Morningstar Computer in the Chicago area, Thank you to our engineer and production support, Bill Albecker. God bless you. Have a great day. You're tuned to The Big One, AM 1280, WBIG, Aurora, Naperville.